Hey, y'all, just a quick heads up. The episode you're about to listen to is eight to 10 years old. Now, these episodes were intended to be evergreen, and I still believe there's a lot of good information in these early episodes, but I do want to let you know that some of my ideas have evolved over time. Times have changed since we made these episodes, and ultimately, I'd like to think I've grown a lot as an artist and a human and that these don't necessarily represent my best work or the best of the podcast. If you're new around here, I suggest starting with the most recent episode or at least go back to around 300 and move forward from there. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk podcast. This show is about commercial art, finding the balance between thriving financially and being creatively fulfilled, making good money, but also enjoying making the art at the same time. Can it be done? I think so. It's a process. It's a live document, if you will. I'm your host, Andy J. Miller. Illustration Age is our proud syndicate. You can find this show at illustrationage.com slash creative pep talk on SoundCloud and iTunes. So today on the show, you are in for a treat. This is a candid conversation with my new friend, Sarah Walsh of sarahwalshmakesthings.com. Her work is fantastic. It's, you know, rooted in the mid-century gouache kind of work, but it feels really fresh and new at the same time. You know, she worked at Hallmark for some time. She's worked with Crayola. She does coloring books and all kinds of interesting things. She's got a new book called 100 Things You Can Draw with a Triangle. It's out from the publisher Corey. It's really, really beautiful, printed really nice. Uh, it's basically a bunch of different things that she's made with a triangle that are prompts to help you make things. And it's really cool. Zaya, it, it, it's really nice. And we had an awesome conversation. We talked about, you know, struggling early on, finding motivation, kind of turning your life around when things were tough and bad, um, which is something that I want to talk more on the show about because. Um, I think in the industry, there's always this need to like put on your best self and, and look like you've got all your stuff together when really um, behind the scenes, there's always struggles. There's always things that everybody's going through different things at different times. And um, I, it can feel really lonely when you're not aware that other people had to you know, pull themselves up by their bootstrap and power through different things. So this episode, I hope that it's encouraging to all of you who um, are struggling to make this creative career happen. Uh, you know, we talk about all kinds of different subjects like, you know, trusting your gut and uh, all kinds of good stuff. I'm just going to get on with it. I hope that you really enjoy it. Go check out her work. Go follow her on Instagram. Um, she's uh, really fun and really talented. Without further ado, here is Sarah Walsh. 
really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him, like, you should go check it out. You're going to be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was going to tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, AnnieJPizza.com, if you want to see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. off the list um i think i was oh i know well i was gonna say like i wanted to share some of that because i feel like i i love you know artsy podcasts Mm -hmm. and i i really appreciate when artists get honest and talk about like before they Mm -hmm. are where they are and how you know that it wasn't an easy road sometimes or and I think you and Draplin talked about this. This is what inspires me because I do forget, like, on a day where I think I'm super cool and the, like, super pressure I'm, you know, putting on myself and I feel like I'm getting somewhere and then other days I don't. Yeah. And I forget how far I've come. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really a shame how I think us as humans sometimes, like, when we are having a bad day, we just, like, lambaste the crap out of ourselves mm-hmm. and I'm I'm like just for a second like I think it helps me like wait a minute like I need to chill out because like it's been such a long road but I'm the kind of person it's almost like it's like a blessing and a curse but mm. I live I am not a um I don't dwell in the past at all like you yeah. a fault yeah like, yeah I don't have a lot of pictures around our house of like, I'm not like, I'm a sentimental person, but it's in the weirdest way. It's not like the typical way. Yeah. So I'm just always thinking about the future and what I'm doing now. Mm. And so I just never really think about it. And then when I do, I'm like, wow, like, that's pretty kind of freaking crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the obstacles and, 
And so I just, I love hearing when other people share that because I think it's important for people that are out there trying to do stuff and they just don't have like either a support system or they're in a, a situation where they just feel like, man, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. And if, if someone saw me when I was in my late teens, if yeah. I saw me, yeah. I'd be like, that girl's going nowhere. Yeah. She's on the road to, me too. you know, garbage town. Me, like, absolutely. I, mean, I would no, say before 18, I was like, yeah, everything about my existence was bad news bears and uh, it was not going a good direction. And I think what you're saying, I was high, I'm hyper aware of this and it's actually something that um, it's a re- part of the reason I do the podcast Part of the the reason I do the my uh, talks the way that I do them is I feel like um, you know the fake it till you make it or putting your best yeah. best foot forward or dressing for the job you want not the job you have all of that stuff creates false narratives of uh, unrealistic narratives I think a lot of times where it looks like the people that get anywhere interesting have kind of always been interesting always yeah. been succeeding yeah. uh, you know it's been working for them and I. I've tried to go out of my way to be um, transparent to the degree that I kind of feel comfortable about. You know, I knew um, from when I was 18 that I really, really wanted to make a career out of art and I knew it was going to be hard and then it was really, really hard to start. And um, actually, uh, I think our stories have a lot of stuff in common. Um, So the first idea that I wanted to talk about, I think it's... I. I don't know. I looked it up on the internet. I think it's a Thomas Jefferson quote, but it's something that I heard that I, I think is. <laughs> we're getting... Should I get my pen and first second read? Oh my gosh, no! I know the thing is, is that I like quotes, but every time I feel like you use one, you you either sound uh, either one of either extreme, where you either sound really. Uh, I don't. I can't even think. Just you sound like a. You're trying no, I... to be really no, smart I, but i'm not I trying know. to be smart i just i think it's a good a good place a to start is an, like i before like mantra posters and all that yes. stuff just became like so famous yeah. i would like save i would write a quote on a little strip mm. and i would put it on my bulletin board yes. and i said to my coworker, i'm so mad at myself but i was like you watch this man, this this quote stuff is going to be freaking huge, yeah. and I, I kick myself in the pants every day for like not, you know, being like the 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 quote per- master poster. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, but well, no, because good quotes are awesome reminders. They're well written little yes. bites of knowledge that that make you feel good. So lay it on me. Lay well, this TJ quote. You know what? I'm the worst. Uh, I, I love uh, picking apart a conversation to the and going off on tangents. And everything you said, I, I, there's like eight possible tangents that I could go on right now. One, <laughs> one being that I also, I just, I always go back to this. You feel like, you know, with the quote thing, you feel like you have to stake your claim or something just to get a little bit of, uh, you know, satisfaction from that. I had an adult coloring book in 2009 and I'm, and my wife was like, I think there's something to this coloring book thing. And I was like, no, it's people like it because it's indie rock. Like, it, you know, it, nobody cares about the coloring book thing. And I'm like, oh, Andy, you're an idiot. Why? You listen oh, to your wife. That's the rule. Joe, I know. Yeah. That's the, that's the end of the day advice. Yes, listen exactly. to your wife. Yes. You know, I mean, can I tell you that I bought that coloring book? Really? 
way back when. Really? My oh, best, gosh. Yeah, my best friend who I was in a band with, I was like, yeah. this is so cool. Like, And I think it was in Urban Outfitters. And yeah, I was like, probably. I freaking love this. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Th- that's awesome. It's really yeah. a weird part of the uh, the story now because it, I don't know, it doesn't, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, yeah, back to quotes. See how we could do this. We could go off on these crazy tangents. Um, the quotes, uh, I and someone who loves communication, I love when something's communicated clearly, but I hate yeah. when it becomes such a platitude or a cliche that it loses its meaning. So I hate when yeah, words yeah. lose their meaning. Um, but anyway, Thomas Jefferson, uh, I believe, he said that a, a crisis precipitates change. And I found yeah. in my own um, you know, story that some of the harder points or things that are really different about my story um, are, are where I get a lot of my drive and desire. And you'd kind of mentioned um, yeah. early on that you had some things happen that kind of kicked things off. Oh, um, I'm so wired that way. Yes. Like it, It's like, again, another curse and a blessing because as you get older – if nothing terrible is happening to you, do you, do you create it? Are you like, do I have to have this constantly revolving tornado around me to get done? Or is it like, Uh. how do you, how do you, you know, my husband and I talk about a lot of different things. And one of the things we talked about was marriage. Mm -hmm. I hope I don't send you on another tangent, but to me, all, don't worry, it's going to happen a billion times. <laughs> like, to me, like it. mediocrity is the biggest challenge of mm. everyday life and getting through it. To me, the crazy stuff is the stuff I can handle. Right. I, I, yeah. I'm my best self when I feel like I have this deep purpose. And I think before my daughter, you know, coming from a home that had a lot of love, but a lot of chaos mm-hmm. and um, you know, just a lot of stuff that made me feel like very alone mm. for a long time. Yeah. Uh, like I had to kind of figure out something deep down in order to get through stuff. And yeah. then you also do things as a young teenager that you're like, oh my God, can't believe I did that. Can't <laughs> believe I'm even like alive. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, I think I drank more when I was like yeah. 14 than when I turned 21. You know, you just I, did, I was the same. Like that. Yeah, I was exactly you're the same. You're just like, Ugh, dirty, but you know, <laughs> so, like anyway. So teenagers. I, 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 as a young adult, when when like you turn like nineteen or twenty, like the reality of how you've been living really hits you because at the same time you're trying to figure out like I am gonna soon be completely responsible mm-hmm. for myself, and it, it'll it will rain down on you. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, like I was seeking out some kind of stability. Mm. And um, so I was like, I know, I'll get married to a total stranger. That's <laughs> I mean, I, just, I didn't know him that long. And yeah, oh my. So, and then he was in the, he was in the um, Navy, and we moved halfway across the country. And yeah. I was like, what the hell have I done? Uh, and then, you know, uh, not that far after. Where did you after, move to? Um, Waukegan, like right outside of Chicago. Okay. So, Cold. Yeah. But I was super young. I don't even think I really knew how to clean a house. Like, I was just a complete mess. And I had gone to like a semester or two of college and like before that, and I was like, I don't want to do this. This is, you just, when you're not in the right mind frame and you're lost, like nothing will get done. Yeah. 
So I just kind of went away in this weird bad decision cocoon. And like then, you know, I had a little girl and we ended up separating. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just was like, this is terrible. You're a bad person. Like, I have to get out of here. And I, I just moved back home. And I just, I had to like figure out what the heck to do. And I mm-hmm. think it was then that I just kind of realized, like, why are you scared? Like, mm-hmm. You've always want you. It wasn't even like like I wrote in my notes to you. Like I don't even ever think I even thought about what do I want to be when I grow up. Mm. It was just this underlying current yeah. that was always with me. And yeah. and it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing. It's a, it's like this voice that I've always had, mm. kind of you know whispering in my ear. And and also when i spent a lot of time alone as a child and i would just draw and draw and draw and it became such a safe space for me that when you said like what are some of the things what's a topic that you feel like has made an impact in in my career and i you know it's kind of sad and cool at the same time but it's kind of like tragedy mm. and and certain things in my life that have pushed me to art Art is such a safe space for me that I can't even divide myself and mm. creating. So it's my motivation is that it's my safe space. Mm. So even if I'm getting paid for it, it's still something that is so ingrained in me that I don't, I, you know, I mean, everyone has their days of like a lack of self-confidence and yeah. that kind of thing. but even on a bad day when I'm not feeling so great about what I'm making, I still feel pretty good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And actually, so, uh, before, so sorry to interrupt you, but, oh, uh, no. I, it. I just want to say that all of that stuff, you know, I really resonates with me and I know that, uh, it's really going to resonate with my audience because I know that everybody has all these things. And I, I found that, um, the disconnect between life and art, like you're saying, you can't even make that disconnect. And I actually it's think that yeah. that's a massive major problem with a lot of people's, uh, journey as artists is that there's their artistic self and the art industry and the way that they present themselves. And there's a massive disconnect between that and then who they really are, what their experiences are. Um, what, what they really like life and art being so disconnected like that. Yeah. I can't even imagine that. I I can't. And to me, that would be really hard. Mm -hmm. That would make it very hard to kind of jump into the world and feel confident. Like I really can't imagine kind of functioning that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if I don't make something after a couple days, I get really anxious. Like I just get really weird and just like, ugh. and I, I mean, even if it's just a drawing or it doesn't have to be, I mean, and I'm not even talking about client work because mm-hmm. like right now I'm working on a, a coloring book thing Yeah, and I'm just doing You're like, welcome, by the way. <laughs> I, I hate making claims like that. It makes you sound like such an idiot. I started this thing. I mean, no, but I have to give it to you, Andy. You kind of did. I you kind of, I mean, Joanna... Basford? Is that I don't know. Her? I don't know that. I can't claim anything about that. No, but she also like after your wave, I right. think she was like, you know what? You know, she's the British chick <laughs> who like, 
I think there's something to this. That's the worst <laughs> English accent. Please edit that out. My um, wife's British, so she's going to be very offended I know, to that. I know. Uh, I'm going to show her that. Uh, please uh, take that out. <laughs> never. Um, that's going to be the opening Fancy. quote. Fancy. Uh, <laughs> Like I said, I just, I was like, why are you scared? Like, I'm just, I'm going to go back to school. And I went back to school, but it wasn't the school that I wanted. And I, I had to get my grade point average up because my, my SATs were so bad. I didn't get into the school of my choice right after high school. Yeah. And I would tell people what my score was and they'd be like, on both? And I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to go jump off a cliff. Oh my gosh. So, so I you know, went back just to get my grade point average up. And then I applied to the school that I wanted. By the way, it's a tiny school that no one has ever heard of, but the teachers were great. And they were mm-hmm. all, they all went to Tyler. So they right. infused the program with that. Jimmy Fallon actually went to my school. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, hey, so that's anyway, enough for me. Yeah. I, I'm Jimmy. like, that's like the claim to fame for yeah. me. But, um, so, so anyway, I was like, okay, I'll go back. And then, Somebody I had been dating at the time was like, it's going to take you forever to go part-time. You should just go full-time. And it's yeah. more expensive if you go part-time. And it's sad that, like, a dude I was dating at the time, very sweet guy, mm-hmm. was, you know, kind of, he was a good friend. And yeah, he was yeah. like, you, you can do this. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I think I'm going to do this. And But, you know, taking risks like that, and I had no money. I had some crazy financial issues, like terrible. I was living at home. I had taken out a student loan to renovate my grandmother's basement so that we could live there. (laughs) I mean, it was some, you know, my grandmother and my mom were really supportive and helpful Mm -hmm. and I couldn't have done it without them. And so, but I went back to school full time and my teachers, they were just so incredible. They were I mean, I got to tell you, for a small school that doesn't have, like, a, a great, you know, like, I think within the the industry, they were, you know, there was some whisperings, like, yeah, that's a good school. Because mm-hmm. we would get, like, the Milton Glaser internship yeah. every year. Like, yeah. so, and then, you know, I got sent to the New York Art Directors Club. They, they you know, our teachers would pick, like, one or two or three kids from the program that they thought were really good and mm-hmm. I got chosen and but you know I it was I you know you think about some of the things like how did I do that like mm. I don't know how you do a podcast teach and design and have children and do personal work like I don't, I don't know, know how, how you do, I that. do that either <laughs> you're gonna look back later and be like how did I do this because at one point I had I was going to design school full-time I had an internship I was waitressing and I was a single parent mm. I would get tension headaches and I'd have to sit on the cat. I would have to just lay, like I'd be done, mm-hmm. you know, I just, but I did it mm-hmm. and I, I did a really good job. Yep. I, I, I kicked and, and I think I was rewarded for it because when I went to the job fair, um, this guy from Hallmark, uh, Peter saw this like, oh, so embarrassing. But at the time I thought it was so cool. It was this wooden <laughs> Go into deep detail here, please. Oh my! It was this wooden, like, modular thing, and on each side was like an illustration of me. Like, I can do computer. I can paint. (laughs) 
I can do this. So it was like, if you turned it, it would still be, you know, it's like those picture books. Yeah. And he saw it and he was like, oh, but it was toward the end of the day. And we actually took our name tags off of where we went to school because like people would go by and they'd Mm. squint and and then they just like keep walking. Mm. So we kind of all looked at each other like they're just, they're not even looking at our books because they don't know the school. So we just took our things off. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so he was like, hey, do you want to come out for a job interview in Kansas City? And I was like, I don't even know where Kansas City is, but sure, why not? And I never, you know, considered Hallmark as a place because at the time, you know, when you're in design school, you think you're so hot. You think you're so freaking cool. And when I think about student work and how bad it is and the ratio of how cool you think you are, it's yeah. so laughable. Yeah. And, and actually that's uh, my biggest, uh, my biggest, uh, I, I teach a class in art school and I, my, my biggest goal is just to knock them down a peg and be like, look, the world is going to beat you down and you are, you don't know anything. No, Stop it's so it. terrible. But you don't want to beat down people's spirits, but when you just know that you've been in that place and then what you yes. know now, it's, unreal and it's i tell them fault. that i'm like look i'm not talking to you i'm I talking know. to 2007 andy andy <laughs> listen you're a moron you don't I... know any of this stuff you think you're better than the teachers and you're not oh i Stop know it. i know and that's yeah. such a pet peeve of mine now and i'm mortified i want to go back in time and just be a fly on the wall to how i might have like come off to someone that was trying to teach me something. I'm like, please, God, please have let me be this sweet, humble girl that was just like, yes, everything you're saying is gold and I'm going to write it down and keep it forever because you are wise and I know nothing. You know, it's like, but I know I probably didn't do that. No, I was very arrogant. I don't know why. Um, Come with the territory of like getting through the difficult program. You just put on ginormous balls and just like, you know, whatever. But I think that there's another side too of just um, I've heard it called just being kind of delusional thinking that you're there's a part of it that you need to believe that it's going to work out, you know, that, you you know, to to put in the work and and all that stuff. Um, Now, I want to just sift through all these things you said and kind of. Uh, poke at them uh, from different places, but let's. Uh, I want to talk about like making stuff every day. That's that's become like a giant deal to me. And actually, um, a lot of people don't understand that I get up. I try to get up about. This sounds like bragging. It's not. It's, it's a really dumb thing to <laughs> You're brag so about. So braggy, right? I, dude. I get up so early. You don't even understand. No, my hustle Why? is so crazy. No, I I get up at five a.m. most days because. <laughs> Because, though, uh, from 5 a.m. to 8, I feel like nobody can claim that time. And so I, most of the time I do personal work and I do it because it keeps me sane. I do that, I do that, uh, something small that I can put my name to that the rest of the day then feels like um, just icing on the cake because I I made something, you know. And what, how do you like, do you do stuff like that? Well, I have aspirations to get up at like (laughs) five in the morning and do that. And I have the times that I do get up. Sometimes I try to get up and do yoga at six Mm -hmm. in the morning. And that's kind of in a way I feel like. But I think 
it's, you know, I do it at the worst times and I probably shouldn't even be saying this because yeah. if, if like a client is listening or I think about when I post something on Instagram, yes, that's I not, do too. I like, know I'm like, saying. if I were the client, I'd be like, what the hell is, what she, is she doing? What like, is she doing right now? She should be working on my project. But like, but I think but it's I managing do, your energy level. You have, it, and it is. It is. At least it, really it is for is. me. Yeah. Sorry. I just totally. No, it's. It, it, it like is absolutely necessary. I, I become like a wilted flower. Mm. If I don't like, I, basically what I do is I waste a bunch of time in the morning, yeah. like looking at Instagram and Pinterest and checking my email like 50 times. It's yes. like this gross <laughs> ritual that I do that I'm like really wanting to get rid of. Cause yeah. I think I'm like, the 10 minutes you just spent, you could have made a piece of art. Yep. But sometimes I have to like warm up mm-hmm. and, but I really, this is like something I'm trying to work on where yeah. I kind of just want to like put all that aside and start with a piece of art. But sometimes, you know, if I do that, I feel great. If not, usually what happens is I'll, you know, check my email, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll get into the client work that I have. Like I usually am very good about like methodically well, I have to work on multiple projects at once yeah, because it keeps me like not focusing on just one thing and like killing it. Yeah, like yeah. you just kind of like nibble away and it's, it's like you don't put too much pressure on any one project and it's, it just kind of mm. works. Yep. But then I'll take a break and I'll treat myself. Like I'll be like, okay, if I do like three layout drawings, then I can yeah. do whatever I want. Yeah. But when I do my personal work, it's kind of like my, like yeah. it's like my, like I'm getting away with something, yes, <laughs> you know, yes, it's like, totally. I just feel good yes. about like, it's for me and I'm doing it even when I, sometimes I do it like at the worst possible, mm-hmm. like I'll have like something due again. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but it, I'm going to co-sign me, it anyway. It so I'll go, I'll go down <laughs> with you if, if we get yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. thrown out of the industry. I do the same thing. Well, like back to your point to smooth it all over, it gives me this energy boost to feel inspired to yes. go back and finish strong yep. instead of like, oh my God, I want this to be over or like, Ugh. it like, it kind of gives me a mental break and then it like makes me feel more lovingly toward the project, mm-hmm. the client work because I do love it. It's just, it's, it's us, it's like. It's so funny. I, again, I have a conversation with my husband about like, you know, when I worked at Hallmark and then I did my personal work, it again, still important. But when I quit and I I was like, I don't know why I thought it would be different. It's mm. exactly the same. Yeah. It's it's like my client work my Hallmark work was my client work. Yes. And now my client work is it doesn't make it personal work. Yeah. It is more personal. Yeah. It is definitely more personal, but it's not my own. So I think that's a tricky thing. But I went once I finally understood that. I mean, I just know I get all bent out of shape if I don't do something personal. Like I just have to. It's just so weird. But actually, I I think I've heard a lot of like uh, you know business podcasts and 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 all these other kinds of podcasts talking about you know getting away from managing your productivity and and pushing into systematically uh, managing your energy level. And and I Mm -hmm. think that for me, 
the more that I've accepted that and planned for it rather than felt guilty because it was a, ne- a necessary evil or something yes. like, and, that, and that's so why, yeah. yeah, that's why I get up at 5am because I've realized that I need to do that personal stuff, whether anybody yeah. else understands it, it makes yeah. everything else work. And so oh, rather it, than, it yeah, really does. It does. And so I, I try to well, encourage and- people to, you have to embrace it to a degree. And obviously you have to have a little guilt, otherwise it'll get out of hand. But, but, uh, but yeah, I do the same thing. If you know, I, I have to have that that kind of balance. Um, well, yeah. my agent talks a lot about like <laughs> she has this cute little quote. You know, when we're getting ready for like trade shows, you know, like Surtax or yeah. Print Source, she's like, even if you have a lot of client work, if you work, if you do this when you're busy, you'll never be slow. And yeah, yeah, it's like totally. planting seeds. Yep. For, um, you know, oh, this is so cheesy, but I got to give a shout out to the studio ladies and um, Lilla and Susan and Joanne yes. and Rainey yeah, yeah. and Julia and, and Patty because they're yeah. really great ladies and, and, and I appreciate them so much. this is Lilla Rogers so. studio? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. she represents you. She, she, that, that seems like a real establishment. It's something that I've kind of been aware oh, of for yeah. a long time and they seem to be taking care of people and doing awesome stuff. Yeah, they're just, they're really, like, I got to meet all of them in person, and one of the things I was really nervous about leaving Hallmark um, was, like, the sense of community and how Mm -hmm. kind everyone is and supportive, and it's kind of like a version of that, and Mm. I I didn't think it existed outside of Hallmark, because Hallmark is such a bizarre, weird, magical, complex, like, place, Mm -hmm. and so when I got out and then I, you know, through email, I knew they were great and we had some Skypes, but then when I met them in person, I was like, oh my God, I just wish I lived closer to these mm-hmm. people. They're just really cool freaking people, like yep. really down to earth and, you know, Lila's hilarious and Susan's like super wise and Joanne is like crazy energy, funny and yeah. Rainy's super sweet and um, they're just they all have their strengths and I, if I hadn't gotten, like when I was thinking about quitting Hallmark, I just, I think I was done with the politics and I, I just had this like desire in me to branch off on my own. And Mm -hmm. I was like, maybe I can do this. And then, um, you know, I swear to God, this is something I feel like sometimes if, if you're a self, aware person. Yeah. I think that's a good start. And then I think if you kind of key into the universe, Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to put stuff out there and just feel like liberated by it. And you, you whisper, I whisper little secrets into the air, like what I want and, and what I feel like, you know, and I just, I swear to God, as soon as I got my crap together after having my daughter, mm-hmm. I feel like my life has just every little stage has just fallen into place mm. like ridiculous. Yes. And with Lilla, I had like you, I'd always I mean, I knew they were around, but I love I, I they were such an influence. Uh, I was on the kids team when I started at Hallmark and I pretty much between them and Mary Blair and all the sixties artists that ever existed that used gouache like yeah. J.P. Blair and Mary Blair and the Provinces and all those guys. Those are my, my guys too. Oh man. Like I just, 
they were a big influence and I thought, man, being a part of that agency is like flying to the moon. Mm. And when I, it's like seemed impossible. It was like not even something I thought that I would attain. And then when I started realizing I wanted to quit and I started talking to some friends that did freelance and they were like, you should submit your stuff to her. And I was like, are you freaking nuts? Like, (laughs) it's like like thousands of submissions a year. Like that's just insane. I appreciate you saying that, but, and then, uh, when uh, I <laughs> I was like up late one night, I was pregnant, should have been sleeping. My yeah. husband was on a ski trip in Colorado, and I'm like trolling Pinterest, and I'm looking <laughs> at my own board because yeah. I'm looking at my work. I'm like, been there. What, what can I do? Yeah, I mean, it's just something. Sometimes I love seeing my work all together because it kind of gives me an idea of like what I want to do or totally. what. I'm I'm really bad about not revisiting things that could be cool. Like I don't explore. Yeah, I'm too. Things. I like I do that. I get bored with stuff. Want to move yeah. on to the next stuff all the time. Yeah. yeah. So I was looking and I see this comment and Lila's picture. She's like, "I love this. Do you have an agent?" And I was like, "Like, oh man." It was like one in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, you are kidding. And literally like a week or two before, it was when a friend of mine, very talented illustrator, yes. told Book illustrators uh, named Laura Haliska Beeth. She was like, "You should submit your stuff." And yeah. So just we were kind of like I think drawn to each other in a very organic mm-hmm. kind of university kind of way. And then I, I, I waited like a month before submitting my stuff because I was just like terrified. And, mm. and I guess it was a Friday afternoon, and I wrote my little letter, and I got my JPEGs together. And I guess Friday that day in the morning they had met and looked at all the submissions and my name had come up, but I hadn't submitted and they Ah. had chosen someone. Oh my gosh. And then I emailed them with my thing and they were just like, and they said that my timing was just like ridiculous. And Ah. I I don't, I mean, that's just freaky weird. Yes. Now let's just stop there for a second. I want to talk a little bit about agencies, but before we go there, something that I, it's a struggle of mine with a podcast, and I'd love, because I know you listen to some of the podcasts, love yeah. to just like ruminate on this. Um, sure. I'm a weird guy who likes, um, I, I don't even like the term of this, but um, the, the kind of uh, what a lot of people call woo-woo or whatever, uh, I, I feel like I naturally gravitate towards mystery and weirdness in the in the universe and i like when things are like that but i also know that uh a lot of people hate that and so i'm really fascinated by the places where um where kind of science confirms a a maybe there's a practice that um like you were saying like whispering things into the universe maybe there's a practice where uh, either spiritual tradition or 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 whatever or or pop, you know folklore or whatever uh, has the has developed these things that seem very mysterious, but there's actually scientific reasoning of why that works. And so, although I prefer it to be weird, I would rather it be weird than science. It might be a little of both. Maybe like it can saying. just be both. I, I, yeah. I think you said something about energy yesterday yeah, yeah, yeah. on your IG feed, um, right. and. I really believe that it's like a very basic thing of energy. Oh, like, right. I, yeah. When I was talking you know about what I mean? when you're putting out like science. Yeah. When that, you just put out stuff. Yes. It, 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 it's like, I'm like stuttering. I'm so excited. I just <laughs> like, 
it's crazy though yes. because I've I've had it happen to me so many times, so many times. Let me just and, preface this real quick. Can I can I just cut you yeah, off yeah, completely yeah. and just say I, so? Like uh, where where that came from was a, an episode of Radio Lab where they talk about how. Um, that, you know, I, I can't remember what animal it is, but there's this animal where they tested and they're, when they're, an, when the animal's afraid, it's giving off like pheromones and yes. things that make yes. other animals afraid. And yes. so l- people do the same sorts of things where if, if you've ever went into a situation and you have an intuition, like there was something wrong with that guy, that person might've been feeling anxiety, giving mm-hmm. off a certain type of energy or, or pheromone, something substantial, something scientifically accurate totally. that, give, that, that affected your biochemistry. And uh, that's all fact. And I think I, I would suspect that as science continues, we'll probably know more about um, the stuff that we're talking about. Maybe, maybe there's nothing to it. I'd, I hope that there really is because in my life, it's been such a, a thing where... Um, you know, I've found that writing down every, every year, I pretty much write down more, less like a goal list and more like a wish list. Yeah. And if you yeah, do the same would, thing, you'd be blown away by how accurate that that comes to to be. And um, I, I don't know. Is it because my I start making the right type of work and so that I'm in that zone and then I get recognized by those clients I wanted to work with? Is it, you know, is it mad, more magical than that? I don't know, but I do think specifically naming the things that you're trying to accomplish either helps you uh, strategize better or... It's visual. You're visualizing it. Yep. You're thinking about it. You're putting it out there. And this is going to sound... And I know people are going to have a knee-jerk... There are people. There are some people that are going to hear that and they're going to be like, yeah, I love that stuff. And some people that are going to be like, I hate when people talk about that mumbo-jumbo. But I, well, I, I'm trying to find a place where there there's a meeting place where we can we can both take away stuff um, yeah. from that. Yeah, no, I you hear are. you. Yeah. Well, like, people that aren't into that, like, I mean, is it because nothing... I, I think it's something if you have never experienced it then you don't understand it yes so it's happened to me so many times that at this point i'm like all right what what is going like something something's going on somebody's looking out for me somebody is definitely looking out for me i mean not to say that i haven't had crappy things happen to me totally you know like you know i lost my mom like like six years ago now or seven years you know like things have happened to me like personal things but aside, the things that we can control, mm-hmm. which is basically nothing, but we can control what our heart wants and yeah. and that kind of thing. And, and, and then what we choose there. to do on a regular basis. I think, you know, there is something to be said for, um, you know, I've noticed that a lot of these uh, things that I want to do in my art career are pretty significant achievement, like things that are going to take uh, a significant amount of investment in a, yeah. in a specific direction. And so I do think that there's, um, and I'm not, I'm not, the thing is, is I personally am not a skeptic, but I have enough skeptics around that I feel the need to um, meet them halfway because, yeah. but, but I, I feel the same as you. There's so many things in my life that I couldn't possibly explain in so many ways that I feel like I've uh, benefited from um, weird things. Yeah. But I, I hate yeah. to not give credit to that or at least, 
you know, help other people perpetuate it, even in the most practical, simple terms. So yeah, I mean, you, know. you don't have to. I think someone cannot believe in magic, but they can't argue with the fact that, yeah. like, why not just write what you want down yes. or like talk about it and do thing and have like actions backing up that talk. Yep. And sooner or later, I. But I, you know, you talk about patience a lot mm-hmm. on the show, yeah. and I think that that's a huge thing. It's so hard to be patient. Actually, I think that a lot of it comes from being a middle, I've got the middle child. Um, you know, they say that your birth order is like one of the biggest environmental factors on you. And so for me, yeah, being that. a middle child, I'm like the peacekeeper. So I just feel like I have to um, to uh, play both sides a lot of the time. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable right in the middle of those things. And I like, I guess I, I also like to stack. I always tell my students like stack the deck in your favor. So, yeah. you know, don't, they'll tell me I'll make them have a website and, and, and get them a proper email and all these kind of things. And, uh, they'll always come back with, well, I know a guy who all they have is a blog spot and they're, they're I killing know. it. And I'm like, no, I no, know. no. You stack the deck in your favor. Do it, do everything you can because it's a tough it's a tough game. That stuff uh, drives me crazy when I see. I mean, yeah, I I think oh, the the whole comparison thing is just. Yeah. I got a I got a quote for you. I don't even know. <laughs> Let's go into the quote game again. Yes. Ready? Yes. I don't remember who said it though. Uh, um, it was, it was it, Thomas Jefferson, probably. <laughs> it was George Washington. George, Wa- yeah, George Washington. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm, yeah. yeah. I'm like, see that. dang, it's like, it, it really, like, as soon as you, you could have everything. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you compare, it's like, you're just pooping all over yeah, it. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. It's like, yep. you're not, you're just, you're, it's so, de- you're so devaluing everything you've worked for. It's, it's really sad. And me, I, can I play devil's advocate for a minute? Because I agree with you completely. And I, I but I, but I would, I instantly, again, middle child, hear the voice of someone else who says, um, well, what about the ways that it motivates you? So I, I do think that this is true. I, I get, sometimes I have a day where I'll notice something about a peer of mine um, and I'll, you know, that, that part of me that's not so nice will be jealous and be like, how do they, how are they doing that job or how do they have this crazy following when I'm like working so hard and doing all these things and I get, you know, very, uh, you know, fired up, but some, so sometimes that just ruins my day and it sucks. And that's what, that's the kind of comparison I'm talking about. It's just, it's so sad to me because, yeah, because everything you just said, it's like so out of your control. And Mm. we also don't know we don't know how hard that person has worked or what totally if they've had like this terrible life and this was the only one good thing that they have going. And it's just like such a, you know, bad thing. And so, but on a, on a good thing that you're saying, um, I think if it's framed correctly in your mind, Mm -hmm. you can use it as a tool, but if you don't frame it properly, it's bad. Yeah. I do think trying to, uh, one of the things that I've learned to do uh, is when I'm feeling all of those feelings is try to ground it in reality. Like you said, you know, think about things like, okay, how long has that person been going? You know, what, 
what school were they able to go to? What, yeah. you know, what did they get out? Did they get a leg up by, you know, getting a sweet hookup on a job that you didn't have early on? Like, who do they know? All those things, not to de- discredit them, but just try to like understand. And then when I have like a, when I feel like I have somewhat of a, um, a, a real, a realistic frame of it, think about, yeah. well, is there something I can learn about uh, this that, that I don't already know from them? Is there something that you can yeah. take away? Um, and that always feels so much better and so much more healthy. It's yes. like before you had like an itchy wool sweater on and then you just become <laughs> like a cool cotton t-shirt. Yeah. You know, you're just like, ah, oh, because I feel <laughs> that's like a, that's good. when you, well, it's, it's like such a knee jerk reaction too, which sucks. Cause mm-hmm. it's such, it's just, it's like how you immediately react. Like, but it's the same as like, as you're saying this, I'm thinking about like on a bad day when I'm feeling really gross or yeah. grumpy, and I see someone who has like something really cool and I, I really, am not like this very much, but I'll get on like a whiny bratty yes. mode Me and too. Then I see somebody, I'm like, how come they have this? Yeah. And then I'm like, do you even want that? Like, yes. you don't even want that. That like, is a great question. Even, yes. Why are you freak? Like, why are you all of a sudden just zeroing in on this thing that you didn't even care about? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is something I used to trick myself. And I have to tell you this because it's pretty good. But <laughs> yeah. it's along the lines of what we're saying is yep. sometimes if I see that, um, sometimes I'll think about what would you see right now that you'd be mad if you didn't do it? Mm-hmm. Like, is there something that you That's just would come across right now and you'd yes. be like, damn, I wish I thought of that or I wish I did that. Would I be mad if, you know, and I try to try to think of it that, I mean, it's kind of hard to think of that specific thing, but it's kind of like, it gets me to think about what I really want to do mm-hmm. yes, with my totally. time. When yes. we're feeling overwhelmed and we don't have a lot of time, what's the one thing right now if I, that just is so me and so like in my scope of what I should be doing mm-hmm. and somebody else just came along and did it? What would that be? And yes. would I be pissed? So it just kind of helps to light a fire under my sometimes. That's really good because I, I'm actually obsessed with – I'm developing a class right now. I'm do, doing a bunch of things where what are the right questions to ask yourself to, to kind of utilize as a thought experiment to get – into your subconscious to figure out what are your real drives, what are your real interests, and what are yeah. the things that are going to sustain you for a long period of time, energy-wise. And uh, that's one of the things that one of the best things I ever did was stop and and really ask yourself if you could do one thing, and that's all you could really accomplish significant uh, in a significant way. Um, what would it be like, what would it, and real, I do think that kind of, uh, it can be almost any kinds of questions, but taking that self inventory and yeah. on a visceral level, not just, not like, not a cerebral, like, oh, that would be nice. It would, wouldn't no. it be nice to be recognized totally. or whatever. No, it's something more that like, like what drives you. Yes. It's like the underlying current of like what, who, what kind of the work that really is so much of you. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it the question works for me because yeah. it gets to the heart of like what I should be doing yes. and what I would probably do really good at because mm-hmm. I love it. So, yep. you know, yeah, that's totally. the kind of thing. 
There's but, a uh, book yeah. called uh, Think and Grow Rich. I've talked about it before. Oh, yeah. I I've, wrote it down. <laughs> yes. I've heard about uh, – I heard it from James Victoria. Uh, he always talks about it. He's a designer. And uh, I read uh, a pretty a pretty big chunk of it. And it's an old book. It's kind of silly in some ways. But the core idea is that these people that go on to do these really significant achievements are, are at some point – became extremely familiar with a burning desire. And when you when there is that really that clarity of like I know without a shadow of a doubt that this is the thing that I want to do. Mm-hmm. The amount of uh the power behind that. And I find that the students their biggest struggle is um they they end up in an apathetic place because they really are not in tune with what they really want. And I think yeah. get it that road is a long road. It's not it something is. you just it do it in an afternoon. But no, yes. It's it's like um I think I wrote this in my initial email to you about some thoughts is mm-hmm. uh I think one thing that I've realized is that as an artist I think we have we're like a puzzle. Yes. And when we are a young artist it's like we have a few little pieces and as we go through life and experience different things and put ourselves out there and be open to learning new things. We, I think we gather the puzzle pieces quicker, but I still think it shouldn't be like going out to Ikea and getting your living room furniture and your whole house and you're Mm -hmm. done. Like it has to be like this curated, eclectic, based on experience when you're ready to have that experience, when you're mentally ready to process what just happened and like put it back into yourself and, put it out as art like all that is really important timing but like you know when I was in high school my art teacher she said you're so tight they're so tight and we were doing like fine art yeah, and I was like, like photorealism yes, pencil yeah. like look at how good I could draw these sunglasses <laughs> and um, but instead of saying you're so tight I wish she had been like maybe I push her the other way Mm. and or you know and not like I'm not blaming my high school teacher but I just it's, feel like yeah. sometimes it took me so it took me so long to figure out what my place was in the art world because yeah. now it's so different but back I'm gonna date myself but um <laughs> back in my day uh it just was you like, can't was, see her but she's actually a 75 year old woman yeah. uh and she's in a nursing home it's it's a weird conversation wait let me right? pop my teeth back in <laughs> yeah. but like there wasn't like right now is like insane right. compared to how it was like even 10 years ago yeah. or like seven years ago. And so there, there was either fine art or graphic design for mm. me. And there wasn't a lot of places you could take illustration and there wasn't at my school, but yeah. so I, I tried fine art and I was just bored to death because mm. I think I like ideas and yeah, I like yeah. concepts and I like, there's something weird. I, the, one of the reasons why I love Andy Warhol is because he had this like industrialism about Yeah, I loved that too. I, and I, mean, I love hearing about his idea. And I, I love the space in between the, yeah. the accessibility of commercial. And, yes. and yeah, I love, I love expressing myself, but I don't like it to the point of just self-indulgent kind of navel gazing. And I, the way I always kind of, the kind of way I keep going back to it is like, you know, I like making art in such a way that it's like making a meal for a friend rather than making a meal and taking a photo of it and, and showing it to my friends online. You know, like <laughs> yeah. that, uh, for me, fine I art like often feels though. like 
fine art is like, I made this meal for myself and you can look at it, but you're not part of the equation. Whereas I want it yeah. to be a, an exchange where I'm yeah. actually communicating, adding value and, and part of the focus is on them. Um, and I like that kind of exchange. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely more accessible. And yeah. well, and I think graphic design, it was like solution based. And that really got my brain engaged. Yeah. I think fine art wasn't at the time because I just wasn't. I think some artists, if you're meant to be a fine artist, you have this vision and your brain is engaged at totally. a young age. You just yeah. have like this voice. But that was not my, yeah. I didn't have a voice because it wasn't my thing, but I didn't know it at the time. And yeah. so I ended up doing graphic design. And I just, I fell in love with type and the mm. idea of like visual communication and simplifying it and like the idea of symbols and things like that. But my teachers were so cool because they all came from Tyler and they, at Tyler, they just encouraged you to solve the problem. Mm. Like whether it was, if it was type, if it was a graphic illustration, whatever solved the problem. Yeah, yeah. Like Paul Rand, you know what I yeah. mean? Like I yes. loved, loved his stuff. and. Yeah. Um, Actually, just uh, sorry, just to go off on a tangent real quick, because I, I, I think it's interesting. Um, I think that the state of things have become kind of like annoying to me in that there's this really massive uh, wall in between illustration and design. And, you know, if you, you talk about Paul Rand, like half of his solutions were pictures. And, yeah. and that didn't make him an illustrator. And, and actually, when I was in school... Uh, the first year I was in an illustration and they had this very specific way of thinking about problem solving and I actually switched to graphic design because they seemed to be able to answer a problem however they wanted. And yes. that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting though. A lot of like my husband went to Ringling and mm -hmm. um, the design department and the illustration department, there's a real divide and the design, like they didn't really encourage hand lettering. Mm. It was very uh, font based and yes. very more like Swiss design, like really yeah, rigid. Yeah. So it just kind of depends on the school you go to, I guess. But they let me draw as much as I wanted and yep. to really kind of hone my little like a baby, baby artist voice. And I, you know, yeah. like I said, I thought I was like super hot. And yeah. But it got me my first job that lasted a long time and mm -hmm. a job that I learned so much at. It, everyone there always says it's like going to graduate school, and it, it really was. And that's I Hallmark. Mean, I'd love to yes. talk a little bit about that because uh, I think you said some interesting things in the email. Um, when you went to Hallmark, you said that you initially were, were kind of turned off by the idea of that as a job. It, was, it didn't sound maybe great. I don't know. It, it wasn't, wasn't speaking to you. It didn't seem sexy at the time. But um, you said that you had some kind of internal inclination. So do you want to just tell us the story of going there and what that felt like? Yeah. I mean, I, I got on a plane and there was a couple other people being interviewed. And so it was kind of this excitement. Like, mm. you know, this is a big deal, you know. Yeah. And so... I think I was just, once I got inside the building, I was just blown away with mm. the facilities they had, um, the talent that yeah. I think there's, there definitely is a company starting to reveal more of the talent within the doors. But at the time I had no idea. Yeah, and, it, yeah. and this was like 15 years ago. I, I, well, I was hired in 2001, August 27th was my first day. It's so weird. I know that. But um, yeah, I just, I was like blown away. Like, 
Um, and I just, I was like, I'm going to take this job. Like, I'm not going to go on any other interviews. I yeah. don't care. Like, I would be an idiot to pass this up. Like, this just seems so fun. And yeah. then when I, I started, I thought I was going to be on the humor team. And then they switched, they flipped the script on me and they put me on the kids team. Mm -hmm. And I initially I was bummed. And then I was like, wow, this couldn't have been like a better fit for me because yeah. in reality, my whole life, I'd always wanted to like illustrate children's books. Yep. And it was like a baby version of that. Yeah. So, and, you know, I was on the kids team. We all hit it off. And it was like this golden era of just like the f most fun, talented people. Everyone was from somewhere else. Yes. You know, I mean, I even, we started a girl band. The We literally <laughs> like we were four cubes together yes. and we were like, oh, let's start a band. And it lasted for six years. That's and we. Awesome wrote our own little pop songs and we were all artists we screen printed our little yeah. ep I, I brought it just to show That's you but awesome but like i mean stuff like that was happening like mm. really magical things i met my husband there yeah you know, he's an amazing guy really talented artist and did uh, tad carpenter's dad work there still yeah tad yeah, Carpenter's yeah. dad works there he always yeah. sings praises about all of that, that oh. about their business and everything it's a really i mean corporations they have their thing and the downside but, yeah there's definitely yeah. yeah but for a corporation i think hallmark does try really hard you know to i mean i can say such a mix of things but mm -hmm. i i have nothing in the end i it was a bittersweet thing when i left because yeah. i knew something i had to do but i knew i would miss the community and the cool thing is is i freelance for them all the time my That's husband awesome. still works there you know i'm i mean i feel like a weird outsider kind of yeah. because I have a different life now and I'm kind of like still in the Hallmark community because a lot of my friends still work there. But then I'm like this floating around person where I yeah. haven't, I'm, I, I don't know if I ever will find like my tribe outside of Hallmark mm -hmm. because it's just the nature of like freelance. And it it's sounds like, like Lilla Rogers, that all of that sounds yeah, like it's a little bit, that's, that's working for you. They're my it's, satellite tribe. Yeah. It's hard to, it's, that's a hard thing about freelancers being the independence of that is a, is a, is a tricky thing to navigate. I mean, for me, it's a daily, it's a daily struggle to be so alone it is. It, and I love it. I honestly I have no complaints. I love it. I don't know if I could do it any other way, but just just navigating it alone is is a bigger challenge than you could possibly imagine. I hear you completely. And I it's it's because I think about it. I'm like, well, nobody made me quit, but I don't I didn't want to do that anymore. Yes. It's just life. Like yep. every single choice you make has like stuff that goes along with it and with every season is there's lost with every every you know if you move into a better season there's still loss everything that yeah. changes there's a form of loss and i think uh we do, you, i think before you get that you don't maybe realize it before you do the transition but um one thing i wanted to talk about is there's all this talk always about whether you should go to art school or not and actually if you listen to the podcast uh people know that i i support I, I think that there are, are amazing things about a lot of art schools, and I and I love um, so much of it. But I I'm always interested in getting to the heart of you know okay what's the power of art school or what's the power of working at a place like that um, because then we can maximize it. So I think like anything, there are things about art school that maybe 
worked 20 years ago and they don't work as well now. And, you know, with the internet, things have changed enough. And so anyway, I'm always interested in critical thinking. And one of the things that um, I hear you saying and has been true in my life is that nothing, uh, one thing that is a non-negotiable for success, I think, in in the creative field is having long, some sort of long-term proximity with people that inspire you. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, going, I went to a school that was small. Uh, it was in England, but it was similar to kind of what you're describing where, you know, the teachers were, had really interesting exper- experiences. Um, mm-hmm. One, uh, you know, a few of them uh, I just absolutely loved and they changed my life. And, um, but it, I also had a group of like hardcore friends. Uh, and I don't mean hardcore in any, any, we weren't hardcore in any way. Other th- <laughs> what, what did you say? Well, are they, are they, they were hardcore gangsters <laughs> and we uh, used to, no, I'm not going to go down that path. Uh, we, we hardcore in terms of uh, creativity and we were they dedicated were and we were passionate. pumped about it and n- nothing has affected my, uh, my career path like those relationships. And, uh, and I think if, if you, I think if you're a person that is really struggling to get the ball moving there's pretty, I don't know if there's another way other than some kind of extended period of proximity with people that oh, yeah. sharp, that are sharpening oh my you. God. Um, I can't even imagine, like, I'm glad you brought this up because it was something that I, I was like, if I were not where I am and I, not that I'm in like this awesome, great place, you but are. You I'm are. in a, I'm, I feel good about your work is awesome. I love oh, all the books. So I, I wanted to just lay on oh. the praise and just say that I think that. Your work is gorgeous. I love the colors. I love that it feels really, really new, but it's really classic. And I love that uh, it yeah. feels really... One thing that I try, try to strike a balance in my own work that's that I don't see often is, like it often feels either hand-drawn and kind of lo-fi or not yours, but, but stuff out there mm-hmm. feels hand-drawn and kind of lo-fi or super slick. And I yeah. feel like your work is a, like you you can almost tell whether it's traditional or digital because it's really slick but it's got the charm of hand drawn and um so anyway I just want to lay on Aww. all of that just to say I, I I think what you're doing is really awesome and it's a big part of the reason I wanted to talk to you um so you are an awesome place before I cut you off we can go back to that I just wanted to fit all that in there um thank you yeah, Andy you're welcome um I love your work too. Thanks. We could just have a big, you know, pat on the back party. <laughs> I the thing is, is that I I go out of my way to say those things because most people don't. And, but all but a lot of people are thinking really nice things all the time. Do you, are you a, a office? The Office. You ever watch that? Uh, yeah, I love The Office. Okay, there's an episode where uh, both British and American. Oh man, I, I, yeah, I'm obsessed. And uh, um, there's a part where uh, Michael Scott says. Uh, to uh, to somebody's like now don't tell her I said this but Pam is actually a really amazing person. <laughs> they're like so why why don't tell them that? Uh, and so oh, anyway, I try to go out of my way to be like I'm having all these really nice thoughts I'm gonna share them. So anyway that's I me sharing. Jerky. I think it's passively aggressively jerky when people don't share their nice thoughts. Yeah. My husband Colin and I are like over complimenters. Like yes. we're gushers. Yeah, and I, and my, one of my best friends, Mimi is a, is a super duper gusher too. And yes. we talk about, we get really, uh, we get elitist with our gushiness and like how <laughs> people like they don't give it up. 
I'm, I'm like, honestly, it, it makes there. me so it's, angry. Like, me tell me, too. say it. Well, like, I'm like, I I get really annoyed when I'll walk away and I don't even feel like they appreciated the gush. And then I, I have this oh, like gross on. little petty thought in my head of like, it's not even, you know what? Your work isn't even that great you because suck. you're not. I didn't nice. mean a word of it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're not nice. So I take <laughs> oh, it back. Man, so but, oh, well, okay. Back to, back the, to the proximity I feel thing. Like I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, and I, I, I'm like, oh my God, I have a deadline. Um, oh yeah, I'm so, Okay. Sorry, but, but we're getting I, carried I want, away. I want you to have as much good stuff. Yeah. I want it to be as good as it can. And this yep. is really important to me. And this was on my list for last, for 2016. Boom, it's so, in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like, I think it depends on, like, okay, about going to school or being around awesome people. Like, yeah. if you want to succeed, I think you have to know what you need to succeed and I think that sounds so lame and cheesy and cliche, but it's like so important. And for me, I was the kind of kid who like after a while I was like over summer. Mm -hmm. I need structure. Yeah, yeah. And so I really needed to go to graphic design school. I was mm -hmm. a total slob as a person. Yeah. I mean, there was like piles of clothes everywhere. I just didn't have any kind of code. Yeah, yeah. And I needed a code, even yep. if it was from design. Like, yep. design sort of gave me somewhat of a code for my actual life. And yeah. that sounds really weird, but. Mm. No, I totally it just relate. It kind to that. of like gave me an identity, it gave me something to lean on, and it gave me a reason to be neat because if, and I'm not neat. Yeah. No, me either. And actually, I, I'm exactly I'm the same as that because I, when I moved over there, I got, um, my teachers were all into Swiss design and all that stuff, and I fell in love with it as as a as a code, as a way of thinking differently and inspiring me to 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 find the meaning in structure and find the meaning in being neat and and all that. And and I totally relate to that. Yeah. So, but I think some people just are like in another. You know, I. Some people wouldn't have been a good fit for Hallmark. I just yeah. craved at the time of where I was, I craved like being around people. I thrived on it. I wanted to learn as much as I could from everyone. Yeah. And I needed, I mean, I think from my background growing up, <clears throat> like I said, my family, there was a lot of love, but you know, I also felt like weirdly isolated. So mm -hmm. I think family situations, I'm always kind of craving like some kind of, tribey family yeah, thing yeah. and yep. but now I mean quitting Hallmark it was something I was really scared about and I really tried hard to prepare myself for the mm. transition because that's another thing is like don't just give yourself everything that you need to yeah. be in that risky scary situation so that you can like succeed if mm. you don't prepare and give yourself the right tools and you don't know what you need you don't know what you're like you know, like your weaknesses are, or like, I knew that being alone would be something I would struggle with. Mm -hmm. And I, I would talk to my friends who were freelancing, like, how do you, how do you deal with it? How do you do time management? Like, just like asking so many questions, because I really was like, I want to do this. And a part of it's pride, too, because yeah. it was my decision. So I wanted to do a good job, yeah. because it was all me creating the situation. Yeah. And so it wasn't like, 
I mean, even if I had gotten let go because they were laying a lot of people off and that was a very difficult thing. Um, at the time when I quit, mm-hmm. my one of my best friends got laid off and um, it was a really weird place. We were in the same situation but had gotten there in different, different ways. ways yeah. yeah, and um, she's so talented and she's she's going to be a famous writer one day. Right. You'll see. <laughs> but um, So I feel like... You know, I just think it depends. Everyone needs different things, and mm-hmm. it's really important to know who the you are. Yes, you don't have and to actually, I think um, that I think that obviously we're all benefiting from the industrial revolution, and you know, you can we can all hate on it in retrospect, and it's kind of you know a double edged sword there in that way. But I do think that the whole. Uh, the assembly line mentality that um, I can't remember the words, but Her- uh, I almost said Harrison Ford, Hen- <laughs> Henry Ford developed the idea of uh, standardized parts for everything mm-hmm. so that, you know, you could buy a carburetor and it'd be the same and all so that you could interchange everything. And, yep. um, and I think that that assembly line thinking, it, it absolutely affected everything in our culture. And I think yeah. in the same way, we started seeing people as standardized parts and cogs and one size fits all. And you can place this person in that situation and they should do exactly what the person before them did. And it's just very interchangeable. And I think it's what you're making me think of something. What? What? You, you have to see this if you haven't seen it. What is it? I know you, you get off on like inspirational, like obviously you're like creative pep talk guy. Yeah. Have you ever seen that Ashton Kutcher um, speech for the Kids' Choice Awards? No. Oh, my <laughs> God. You have to see it. I feel like it's going to make me feel terrible. No. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, I, thought, I thought it was like... The reason why I'm saying, I'm bringing it up is because he talks about people in your life are going to tell you that you have to, like, fit into the world. Yes, yes. And he's yeah. like, you, you don't have to fit. You build your own world, and yes. people can live in your world. Totally. You don't I, have to do... But the yes. whole speech is amazing. I'm, I'll email it to you I, after. Yeah, awesome. I, and I love it, that. Like, every six months. <laughs> and I actually... This is my thing, because I, I grew up in a household where... So my mom was where I get the art genes, but she wasn't around. And both of my, my stepmom and my dad are both really corporate people fit mm-hmm. into these, these, uh, molds and these, this, the way that the, the society is built, they just fit really well into it. Yeah. And I knew that I didn't. And so I just thought I'm just doomed. They're like, yeah. they're the places that exist. I know that it's not going to work out for me. And so yeah. I, I'm, I'm always railing against that thinking of, you know, if you're going, if you want to go to art school, that's a big commitment. And, mm-hmm. and if you're doing it because you think that's the way it has to be done, then you need to reassess that. Um, but at, at the same time, um, it might be exactly what you need, but you really need to have the self-awareness and get the feedback and, and develop all of that to know where you need, what you need. Um, and yeah. So, yeah, that's well, all great. This- just listening to yourself like don't I feel like we dismiss our gut feelings or like we just like we just bear it we grin and we bear it and I when I went when I went to school initially I hated it it was the wrong school and it was the wrong time but I kept going and I felt like I was a loser and I was a failure because I was I did I just hated it the graphic design teacher was mean you know it 
I had I took graphic design there, hated it, took it at a different school, fell completely in love with it. Yeah. So I think that's another thing. Like even if you are a person that does need to go to school, make sure it's the right school, totally. and don't be embarrassed. Don't. I mean. Sometimes it takes hard work to be in the right place mm -hmm. and find your spot. Yep. So I feel like if you're in a school that's just not the right fit, like just listen to that or, or whatever yep. you're doing, a job, anything. It's just. It's I do so think we need to take more advantage of whatever we would call intuition or gut feelings. Yeah. I think honestly that um, if you want to play both sides, I think that science would say that your your subconscious is a complex web of connections that you don't always know in your conscious mind what yeah. you know, but mm -hmm. you, you know a lot more you're picking. And actually in terms of like your radar and what you're picking up with, even your senses, there, there are thousands of connections being made that aren't aware that you're not aware of. Totally. And I think that, um, just like you said, you had a gut feeling about Hallmark, even though initially you didn't, you weren't super excited about the idea. I yeah. found that, um, a lot of times, all I need is someone to give me permission to accept the way the thing I already know the answer to. Like yeah. most of the time, I know the answer. I just want some outside source to affirm it. It's you know? true. Yeah. Yep. So, but yeah. So I, th I think that's all good. But we better wrap up. We, we've, yeah. we've been going for quite some time. Maybe we'll get you on the show again sometime. Um, this was a super fun that's conversation. I'm, I know it's right up the alley of the 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 people that like the pep talk. So. Um, cool. It's going to be awesome. I'm super, super happy to have you on here, and it works uh, great. So thank, thank you, you so much. It's it's like oh, it's been great. I've, I'm so excited to be on it. Thank you so much. We didn't want to forget talking about your book, and I've got the hundred things draw with to draw with a triangle. Yeah, and I looked through it and I love it. I just like the way that it smells and feels. First of yeah. all, this is the type of book that I like to have in my hands. It's yeah, really beautiful. And then when you look through it, it's just really awesome. And, you know, I'm going to go through it and, and, and do a bunch of these things with my daughter who's obsessed with this kind of thing. Um, but you want to just tell us a little bit about it? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's with uh, Quarry and um, I had done my coloring books with them and um, they asked me if I was interested and I got to tell you at first I was like, um, this sounds crazy hard. Like <laughs> just, it's really minimal yes, and yeah, it was yeah. nothing like the coloring books are like anything I had ever done. Yeah. Um, and then the other part of it that I think was challenging is that it's kind of a half finished Right. Thanks. Yes. Yeah. It's like there's definitely an art to prompt, like prompting. Uh huh. And oh, I, yeah, that, I really struggled with it initially. And um, Mary Ann and um, the editor, uh, oh my God, her name is like eluding me. She was freaking amazing. Um, they helped me get through it. Um, in the beginning, I took me a minute to get my stride because I was basically doing too much yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. Um, Finishing it yourself. I was just making like finished compositions. Mm -hmm. They were like, we could make like five pages out of this one page. Yep. Um, so then once I got that, I, I hit my stride and it was, you know, I was I was on it. But um, Judith. Judith. The the Thank you, Judith. She's so cool. <laughs> um, 
So, uh, yeah, but it's nothing like anything I've ever done. And there's a circle one about to come out too. And I really don't know like how people are, um, taking it, if they know what to do with it, if it's going to be like a slow burner type book or, you know, but I, I almost feel like some of the pages I could, I'd love to like take and explore with like, you know, good prompts just for, um, stimulating, uh, maybe different ways of thinking. And I I think, uh, it's really cool because I think it fits into the, the adult coloring book kind of world, but it's a really different take on it. And it could, I don't know, I think it could, uh, prompt you to do all kinds of interesting discoveries that you probably wouldn't make on your own as an artist. Yeah, this is true. Like, I think it's for artists and doodlers because I think you have these shapes in front of you and it forces you to think differently. Like, oh, that could be this. And which I'm a big fan of form. And I I think that I love artists that use interesting forms and proportions. And that's why I think I love the artists from the 60s because they were really big on that. And so, yeah, it just gets you to think differently and and draw something that you wouldn't. And then when you go back and draw your stuff without the book, I yep. think it kind of leaves a residual effect totally. and you kind of are influenced by that. So that's what, after a while, I was like, yeah, this is really cool. And yeah. Um, But, yeah, it was, you know, some projects are, like, right off the bat, like, you're like, this is great. And some projects you're like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. And it sounds so ridiculous because it's just little innocent triangles on each Mm. page. But I wanted to make it interesting on each page, but not too interesting. And so finding that restraint was like very challenging. One of the things that I always try to do, you know, I'm always trying to unearth what my, what I think my kind of purpose for making art is. And Whenever I'm stuck, I try to figure out a way to relate something back to why I make art, what's exciting about it to me. And I think that um, you're right. Like sometimes you get halfway through and you're like, I just don't know how this relates to what I do or I don't know how to respond to it. Um, But it's really interesting because I think there's a lot of ways you can even just, you know, adapt a project to to make it work for you. Um, But it's a beautiful book. I think it's it's really nice to hold and um, looks lovely. Go check it out. It's called 100 Things to Draw with a Triangle. Thanks, Andy. I really like it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, every time I want to say 1,000 for some reason, but oh my I God. Think, as soon as I say it, I'm like, that sounds too many. That's too many yeah. triangles. And yeah, so anyway. anyway, I love it. Uh, thank, you. thank you, Sarah, for being on the podcast. It was great. Thanks for having me. Have a good day, Andy. You too. I'm actually going to go now. Okay. All All right. right. See you. Bye. So I want to thank Sarah Walsh for coming on the show. Uh, She was so open and vulnerable for the audience, and that means a lot to me. It was, I had a blast chatting with her and getting to learn about kind of her path and hearing her perspective on creativity. Um, so thank you, Sarah. You're awesome. Your work is super fantastic. Um, I, I'm, I'm really into it. Go check it out at sarahwalshmakesthings.com. Go check out our new book, 100 Things You Can Make with a Triangle. So much goodness. I'm super happy to have her on the show. Thank you guys for listening. It means so much to me to be able to do this podcast. It is honestly just such an awesome roller coaster. 
Uh, I hope this episode helps you find some clarity and strategy in your creative career. That's a hard thing to do, so I hope it helps a bit. Thank you to my man, Yoni Wolf, and his band Y for our theme music that I just absolutely love. Thanks to our proud syndicate, Illustration Age. Those guys are fantastic. Thank you to thefreemusicarchive.org and the band Asura or Asura for their song Whispering Through. Thanks for all the feedback and support and the sharing of the show. It means so much to me. I really think that creative success is about maintaining that desire and that hope that the work that you're doing is going to pay off so that you can be disciplined and excited and keep going in the long run. So do whatever you got to do to stay pepped up. 